All right, gentlemen, uh, I'm going to blow your minds, hopefully, a little bit. Um, I'm not going to set this song up in any other way but to say that it was recorded and released in 2019. No one calls who can blame them. They're all out of sympathy. Lord, how I could use Guesses on who that is? Nick Lowe. <laughs> I guess I did. I did reveal that. <laughs> Good guess, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. I amazing. know my name's Six. I know my Holy name's shit. Yeah, man, Nick Lowe. How awesome is that? And that the, the album artwork is looks like it's you know a Tom Jones record from 1973 or something. Huh. There's probably a great story in that album in and of itself. Retro. Yeah, that's his newest single. Retro vibe. So, cool. uh, here we are, gentlemen. What are we doing? Why are we here? Yeah. yeah. This is uh, welcome to, you should check this out, or you should check it out. It's been know. a Keep source of... <laughs> <laughs> this. Yeah, we're figuring it out as we go along. Um, check it. <laughs> so anyway, this is, uh, you should check it out. My name's Jay. I'm Nick. And I'm Greg. And uh, we are uh, attempting something of a reboot here. We are changing formats. <laughs> I never thought I'd get to say that on microphone, but we are changing formats, and um, we're going country. <laughs> nothing but, but uh, we're gonna kind of just be going through some topics, so we can kind of do more of a weekly show than the intensive, long form podcast we were doing before. So first thing, I mean, big news from a band that is near and dear to all of our hearts, and near and dear to I'd say most thirty-something white males from suburbs. Radiohead was in the news recently because they got some of their, actually all of their OK Computer archive material. Tom York's mini discs, he's been holding around in a briefcase for the past 25 years now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do have to say, I think it was a mini briefcase. A mini briefcase, right, of mini discs, of course. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. somebody somehow got access to those files, a hacker, and they asked Radiohead collectively for a ransom. Close to $150,000, or they'll release them to the public. So, and I and I actually remember I I picked up the story uh, whenever that was the situation where radio had hadn't responded at all, and um, you know of course I'm looking around to try to find where I can get the, mm-hmm. the songs. I, I was unsuccessful. I went to hack. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I I didn't get to a cha- I just got some little snippets of it and a taste of it. But uh, then by, I think it was Monday, I think all that happened on a Saturday, and then by Monday, Radiohead responded in, in what was just like, seemed like the most brilliant way. They said, well, if your ultimatum is pay us this money or you're going to release it to the public, why don't we just release it to the public? I, you know, I'm, that's an easy thing to say, but I think for, you know, for any artist, that's a gamble. 
not that Radiohead fans are going to listen to that and say, oh, Tom York was really off that one rehearsal. You know, that's like, it's not going to change anybody's mind about Radiohead, but it's still kind of a airing of your dirty laundry, I suppose. But what a brilliant response. What did you guys think? I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, not only did, did they decide to release it to the public on Bandcamp so that anybody can hear it, but if you buy it, um, all the proceeds are going to a climate oh, to change advocacy group. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, not only did they say, okay, well, you know, we forfeit in a way, you know, you've got us, you know, they sort of, they they, they took a really high road, I think, by, you know, having, uh, having it promote a a cause that they care about. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You know, like, why not? Fuck it. And, uh, (laughs) you know, they, they have, they have such hardcore fans. I don't think that it's lost on them that. Most people will hear it, and no matter what it is, they'll appreciate it because it's from this special point in their career. It's like a sketchbook. Right, 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 right. No exactly. one's going to come at, exactly, no come at them in a judging manner because they know what the result was. Right, and it was such a big album, such a huge you know, impact and legacy. You know, Now it's not like they're, oh no, we found the, uh, the archives for In Rainbows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't think it had the but, same. But you have impact. to, you have to. I mean, you have to give it to him because for a band that is so meticulously careful and cu- about curating whatever they end up finally Absolutely. putting their name on. <laughs> so I mean, I think in in some respect it was also the it's like the only play that they could have done where they still retained the agency of the music. Like they they then changed the context in which it was being released. Right. It's right. Like, hey guys, our gun is to our head. Somebody hacked this stuff. Anyway. We're going to put it all out there. If you happen to pay for it, we're going to donate all proceeds. Yeah. I mean, that totally just empowered them. Like, the ball was back in their court. So. A- absolutely. I think that's a good way yeah. of putting it. Also, it yeah. also ensures that they can put it out in a high-quality format. Because who knows how the hackers would have put it out. They could have put it out at a really shitty, mm-hmm. right. you know, corroded. Right. Um, yeah. So, this way they get to do it with the best mastering possible. You know, they have, like, all those resources. They can probably... Send all that. They probably Absolutely. send all their backup files to someone, and just make this sound as good as you can in mm, thirty hours. How long is it? <laughs> eh, about thirty hours, right? <laughs> and you know, there was some like art team that was tasked with like making like you know the logo art for this and making it. Honestly, all. man, they just had a couple days to fucking turn. Honestly, that man, there's a <laughs> there, there's a, a few people that I've met in that are sort of in the that are in deep in the Radiohead camp and I'm wondering if like they uh-huh. might have had they might have been tasked with that because they're sort of pulling along with yeah you. yeah I mean that's yeah those are their <laughs> bosses so yeah you know yeah but yeah, well there you work. have it uh, further further proof that uh, Radiohead is solid group. solid group of dudes <laughs> solid <laughs> a collective group of uh, decent decent guys and musicians they got their head screwed on right. All right, Nick, what you got? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I came across an article about a fire that happened 11 years ago Yeah. Uh, in Universal Studios in Hollywood. And there were thousands of master recordings that, that were that were lost in this. The, the laundry list of names in this article are, is impressive, to say the least. Kind of depressing, to say the least. <laughs> um, and tacking on to what Jay was talking about, actually, it was something I've been thinking about is kind of like where we store what we keep, right? The mm-hmm. fact that you could take a really powerful battery and kind of wipe a hard drive and everything that's on that hard drive is then gone. Right. 
like where is the right and I, this has been a constant discussion you know especially for like archivists but um but it got me thinking about the the means at which we store it and that my first reaction to this article was i cannot believe they hadn't bothered digitizing <laughs> like how can there be archives of such right. amazing master recordings right. that aren't digitized at this point the, um the whole thing just blew my mind i just could not believe that it so much great music could get lost. And I, I used to, before I started a kind of quote-unquote professional job, I interned at, at this museum. So I know a little bit about archiving. And, and I don't know if I learned this in recording school or where I heard this, but in, in my mind, like the valuable recordings, like the, you know, the Miles Davis masters and the, the early Al Jolson records, like they're all kept in these concrete vaults that each one has its own temperature and humidity controlled sensor on it that alerts the central recording authority, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that something mm-hmm. is amiss. And right. I, I remember being told at one point that if there was ever a fire that like they could seal off certain parts of archives, you know, and like think. isolate them. Like that's the mm-hmm. way I understood music archive warehouses to work. But apparently it's just an asset to apparently a corporation. Not. Okay. Yeah, and and one that's yeah not taken great care of, and then tacking onto your your piece about about Radiohead's hacked digital content, which they did go ahead and bother digitizing and putting into a a location. <laughs> right. It actually kind of also got me thinking about like what's better, um, having the ability to find material that an artist created that they didn't want everybody to hear, okay, or giving the artist the ability to decide whether or not something they created died. I didn't know if you guys had any thoughts about that. Because you kind of got that's a scenario where... That's yeah. a tough one, man. That is a really tough one. I mean, I got to come down on... You have to digitize it all and let history be the judge of what's good later. I feel the same way, but we're coming from a place where we would desperately be happy if anybody listened to what we're doing right now. True. So, <laughs> so of course, anything we can think of is that may, that we may have accidentally recorded that's valuable would be fantastic. Um, but I could also see the other side I of mean, it, which is like, no, 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 I have a strong control over my legacy. It got me thinking specifically about the Harper Lee story um, mm-hmm. that she actually had written a book after To Kill a Mockingbird that she never intended to be released. It's since oh, been released. right, right, right. It's since been released, and people have changed their minds about how they feel about Harper Lee. Right. And that kind of makes me think, like, maybe that, maybe she knew that, no, no, I'm going to stick with the, the material that I wanted to put out there. Yeah, I can definitely see both sides of it, but I, I got to, what about artists that... I'm all for transparency, too. Weren't, yeah. you know, didn't achieve, uh, you know, more than a one massive hit in their career, and then passed away. And now mm-hmm. people love them. And they uh-huh. want to have everything they can get their hands on. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Huh. I fall on that side of the debate. I don't, um, Greg, I don't know. I, it's it's difficult because yeah, there's what the artist wants to put out, and then there's also what um, you know someone who is interested in the way they think wants to see as they sort of kind of carve into the artist's process they want to see everything like from the first sketch through you know um, and that yeah. is on I mean that's how we can learn more about the artists so there is value in that but it's, it's difficult because yeah it should be the artist's choice to see, you know like well I get to choose what you see and what you don't that's part of that's one of the right. few right. things you can control usually um, mm-hmm. as an artist mm-hmm. right you know what I mean right. so, so it's, yeah. it's a 
it depends on which perspective you know uh, you're looking at it from for sure for sure well gentlemen we've made it through two topics i think Indeed. i i i for one need a breather so what we're going to do is each of us are going to be um this is one of those cool early episodes where we explain actually the mechanics of the show that you know, mm-hmm. then people will come, as we figure it out, right, right? And then people will come back and, and dig through our archives and actually find this stuff out. But yeah, that'll yeah. be so fast. <laughs> Did you guys hear that leak of the very first epi- very first episode of "You Should Check This Out"? I mean, you should check it out by John exactly. Rossman. I mean, Jay Rossman. Exactly. <laughs> you remember that time he couldn't remember his own name, <laughs> bro? What's your name? Awesome. So yeah, so each of us are going to pick a song for each episode, and we're going to rotate who gets the intro song, who gets the outro song and who gets this meaty middle bit which i'm going to call for now the intermission song and this could also be a great place for some corporate sponsor- sponsorship somewhere down the down the line mm. email greg yep. right <laughs> <laughs> loman at rockproductions.com and to bold. And to bold. Yeah. Yeah. so nick uh you got the first intermission song so if you I could just do. introduce it what 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 do you have on your mind tell us all about it i've been interested in anderson pack lately um, okay. you guys t- turned me on to Flying Lotus a while ago. Mm-hmm. I saw that, uh, the two collaborated and actually this song goes actually way back to when they first met and they finally just got around to making it. So roll it. So I thought I thought it was a cool track. I haven't listened to the whole album, but I'm excited to. Um, Man, and, uh, I, I don't yeah. throw these words around very often, but that is dope as shit. Mm-hmm. I love it's that a, song. It's it's a it's a I actually group. got that uh, vinyl in uh, in the mail for my birthday. Oh. Somebody sent it to me, and I was like, I didn't even know this. I didn't oh. even know there was a new album. So oh my, it was God. a good one. Nice. Yeah, it, it, it's That's got so really sexy. sick art. Yeah. Actually, Here. let me show you this real quick. <laughs> Please, please. This is like this is like part of it. People listening on podcast. Yeah, no. You get, oh, the, it's it's listeners at home. And we're it's looking green at the art. and it's gold. Let me describe yeah, it. Yeah, to hold you, on. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sweet. All right, Greggy. Hey. You got the last uh you got the last thing. Well, it's actually kind of interesting. Um Flying Lotus and uh Thundercat and players like that kind mm-hmm. of part of this like west coast uh you know kind of modern jazz click yeah greg i've heard you've mentioned them in the past where what is it called the again? west coast get down right yeah so right. basically um it's not necessarily you know all all of the players on the west coast that are like modern you know kind of jazz stars one of them in particular that uh, i've been following for a long time is a pianist named robert glasper who, um, yeah. is, you know, isn't necessarily a household name, but he's someone who's been pretty prolific for, I would say, the last 10 or 15 years. And someone who's kind of becoming a stronger and stronger voice, I think, as far as whatever you want to call it, jazz or improv, 
music and sort of where it's headed because that's a big question sort of in that world you know what what okay. is the future of jazz can can we make a living doing this you know um is it is it done right. is it dead and um there are people who are you know incredibly talented such as robert who who have made records that heavily draw from jazz but also have tons of other influences and you can hear him sure. also on hip-hop records a lot he is very influenced by producers like jay dilla and so as a result his music is jazz driven or i guess you could say obviously jazz influenced but some of the older musicians have sort of taken note of his stuff and mm-hmm. in one of those in particular is branford marsalis who said it in an interview sure when he was asked what's your take on artists like robert glasper and kamasi washington who's another who's a saxophone player sure who are now working at the crossroads of jazz and hip-hop and branford's response was robert glasper has a limited jazz vocabulary and that's not anything he would say is not true i think it's in his best interest to do that kamasi's not a jazz player either he's a sax player but his vocabulary is not jazz it's some jazz and <laughs> so then, so 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 Glasper, he saw this and he took a photo of the article, or excuse me, of that paragraph from the article, right. and he posted it on his Instagram with his response because you can do that now. And honestly, it's probably <laughs> right, going to get right. a lot more traction than the article, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, so true. Um, I it just it blows my mm-hmm. mind. I mean, it's age old. Uh, jazz conversation, you know, it's the yeah. the old head, the old guard trying to defend, you know, what they consider is quote unquote real jazz. It's just funny when isn't you see it like, in real time, you know. Indeed, <laughs> isn't this like part of what what isn't this like part of what defines jazz as a genre? Is that nothing that preceded it is okay to be called that name by the people that made the existing iteration or or what they see is? And that probably tells the same way. Probably tells you Bebop they're on the right path, right? Yeah, right. When you're pissing <laughs> off the old guys, then that's probably yeah, jazz. <laughs> well, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up because that just seems to, you know, I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on it. And uh, I, like, I can, I can see him like saying that, and then like whenever you dig deeper into it, you know, when the interviewer like asks you, basically, are you sure that's what you mean? <laughs> you could walk that back and say, oh, I don't mean to say that he's not jazz. You know, he's a great musician. Blah blah. But well. He just went for it, man. He went for it. He dug in. Yeah, I, I would say, um, <laughs> I uh, you know, the, the response is pretty interesting. I mean, obvi- obviously, it's kind of written with a chip on the shoulder. You know, he says, "How you know? Right. How reckless, wrong, and bitter sounding yeah. can you be? Have you know, have you heard my trio <laughs> recordings? Obviously not. You know, because the thing about Robert Glasper is that he can play the." F- fuck out of some jazz man you know he's like so i haven't heard those those trio i mean do, you know you'll hear it and it, anybody who like doubts his ability to play jazz should just go listen to those records and you will not doubt it anymore after that um you know and uh he says at towards the end of his kind of you know i wouldn't call it a rant it's it's actually pretty cohesive but i'm not gonna read the whole thing but you know he, he says it's supposed to sound different you know and he also says i don't have to prove that i know how to play bebop on every song you right, know and right. um Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's sort of, I think a lot of people kind of responded to that. Not, not only just wanted to jump into the debate, but it, it, it was, for me, kind of disheartening because Robert, to me, always, he, he has paid a lot of respect to the music, but it's his responsibility as, like, one of the bright stars 
to yeah. push it forward. If he didn't push it forward, he'd get criticized for that. He'd be like, oh, well, he... Might he, turn in one of the Marcellus brothers. Well, yeah. There are... is, the nature, <laughs> is the nature of his criticism that, like, he's also chosen to make money by, like, guests starring on like other people's music and that i mean what's that because no it's not even that it's just his it's, it's just his no i his mean like playing. what's the it's like his, what's his playing his writing it's that's more what he's talking about i think i, I he doesn't mention anything about him not having uh, you know the right I just to, when he says some jazz it's like are you is he mad because the guy like got paid a lot of money I mean, to do like a piece no, on, i mean like, i don't no, know he couldn't say that because the... you know branford marcellus was in sting's band in the 80s you know, like, uh, or yeah, I should yeah, say maybe early 90s. <laughs> he's not above taking some high-paying gig. It's about, he's literally just talking about his sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think everybody was just kind of scratching their head because they're going like, uh, actually, Robert's like really good at jazz. <laughs> you know, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, and it's, and he's, Why he's him? not, he's Why not him? just, yeah, like there's so many other people you could pick on, but the interviewer, you know, kind of brought up those names. And I think it, it clearly, uh, triggered Branford, yeah. you know, and, uh, yeah. That's just kind of lame. You know, I think that it should be, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, open. But like you, like Nick said, I mean, that's almost part of the uh, part of the process of, uh, you know, and uh, well, I think I think the lesson to be learned here is um, once you get old, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> and with that in mind, uh, Greg, uh, you were doing the outro music today. Oh uh, yeah! You want to tell us what's what's on your mind? Well, I just heard this song. Uh, I was checking out the new Mac DeMarco record, as most hipsters do. Um, but now, this, <laughs> it, I, I didn't know about this guy until uh, last December. I saw him at a show in LA. I thought he was brilliant, and then I uh, he's kind of like if uh, like Kurt Vile and Ed Sheeran got together, and, and like sort of with a stand-up comedian as well. Um, so right on, you know right he's got a he's funny you know that that's one thing that I really took away from him and uh, yeah he put out a new record uh, this month so this song's called Choo Choo. been listening to you should check it out come back each week for new episodes check us out on facebook twitter and instagram at check it pod uh, send us love letters at mail at check it pod and for show recaps links to the songs and articles discussed on the show and lots of other time wasteable stuff cyber surf on over to our site at www.checkitpod.com tell your friends about us and don't forget to call your mother Choo-choo!